And hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of The Kuehl Show. I am your host today, the insider of the insiders, Tyler Kuehl. And yes, it's another quick shift edition here of TKS, guys. And it's only an hour long. That means we're going to get hit it hard, heavy, and quickly here on 12-Ounce Sports right there in the corner. Check them out. Of course, if you're watching us, you're watching us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, or Zingo TV, channel 761. Use the promo code 12OUNCE. That's 120Z or Z for you improper English users to sign up for free on Zingo TV. Thank our awesome sponsors as well as mybookie.ag there in the corner. Win and get paid on mybookie.ag. You got basketball playoffs starting. You got the Stanley Cup playoffs. Of course, that's why we're here. Also, you got baseball. The PGA Championship's going on right now. Get on there. Use the promo code 12OUNCESPORTS to sign up for free. Win and get paid on mybookie.ag. And as always, up there in the corner, secondstringleather.com. Hashtag crafted from the crease. So many cool things. Wallets, bathroom bags, keychains, coasters, pillows, t-shirts, toques. Even though it's 95 degrees out right now, get your awesome stuff on secondstringleather.com. Now, we have us a big show today because I am not alone. Hence why you see the bar above and the bar below because we're doing a a video chat today. It's two minutes into the show and it's working for now. Knock on this hardwood table. But we got 58 minutes to figure that out and mess it all up. So before we do that, let's bring in our guest today. He is a member of the Five Timers Club. He is the free agent, play-by-play broadcaster, one of the best who doesn't have a job. Thank you, Darren Dawson, for that. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Peyton Turnage. Peyton, how are we doing today? Shout out Darren Dawson. Yeah, everyone's university president ever. Everyone's favorite. Hey, okay, let's be honest. Hey, he's probably everyone's. He's, uh, no, not going to do that. Not going to go political on this show. That's not for the. That's that's for a different program that I'll never be a part of. Peyton, how don't are we worry. doing? I was going to say, don't worry. He's not watching this because he didn't even go to a single UEH hockey game. Well, I'm about to say, yeah, there, there's <laughs> there there is that to go on. Boy, I tell you, it's. You know what, Peyton? We I I did my rant a couple weeks back about Alabama Huntsville not playing next season. Now, yes, that does not mean the program is cut, even though I voiced my opinion on what should be done, quote unquote. But you yourself, you were the voice of the Chargers for the last few seasons. Heck, you're wearing technically one of their jerseys right now. The famous now Fox Motors jersey. Peyton, you know what? For those that don't know, I know the story. Obviously, you know it. Tell us why. There was a Fox Motors Alabama Huntsville team one game. They were on the road. This was this season at Northern Michigan. And for some reason, uh, the jerseys were left at home. So they had pretty much everything but uh, as far as equipment goes. And so, you know, they were uh, they were having a scramble last minute. And I guess there just happened to be some Fox Motors jerseys sitting around. I don't know the full story there, but uh, they ended up skating with these uh these youth jerseys. Now, I knew there was something wrong when the opening lineups came out that night on Twitter, and I noticed all the numbers were different. I was like, wait, Peyton Francis is wearing 14. What's what's going on here? So um, I'm not going to reveal how I got this. I'm going to leave my sources uh, private just so they don't get harassed because from what I've heard, these are somewhat of a hot commodity. But I do have uh, Frank Vitucci's 21 jersey from that night. So um I would like to hold on to it for now because it's a collector's item, but I might one of these days ask uh, Frankie if he wants it back. It's going to be like um, the Michigan Tech sweaters, the the classic old ones they brought out this year for the for the hundredth year. That that's going to be like that's going to be that kind of a hot commodity. It's going to be on eBay for like six hundred and fifty bucks, like in ten years from now, right? 
that and the Minnesota Golden Gophers uniforms this year were pretty sick. Yes. It, wasn't it their 100th anniversary too? Was it Michigan Tech last year? No, I think no, it was Minnesota's was this year for sure. I think Tex was maybe it was no Tex was last year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tex I think was so, maybe. Yeah, Tex was last year because that's when they first brought him out. They actually wore him at Ferris State, one of the games I did with Harrison Watt. But um, Peyton, let's let's just get you know we obviously we'll get to the Stanley Cup playoffs. We may go a little over an hour today. No one else is after us until later on tonight on Twelve Ounce Sports. We're not going to go like three hours, so don't worry, Peyton. That's mainly towards you with this whole scenario. Give us, say we could. I'm We've done say, it before. We have. Well, shoot, we I mean, we did a two and a half hour show and we talked for about an hour after. So geez. Uh, but let's let's get your opinion on this. It sucks because yes, hockey in the South is a I don't say a fragile market, but especially college hockey, because A, Alabama Huntsville is the only program down there, at least at the division one level. What is your take on it? I've given my piece and a lot of people were behind me. I don't think Darren Dawson or anyone else from the UAH found it any entertaining but i may have whatever but let's hear it from peyton turnage the man himself well there's not much i can offer other than what you screamed a couple <laughs> weeks ago i mean i agree wholeheartedly with everything you say um i do think that there is some shadiness on the upper end of of the school and the administration that they simply don't want hockey i think that it's too big of a pain for them but what they forget is that it's a source of pride for them it's their only d1 program there's a lot of people out there that wouldn't know anything about the University of Alabama and Huntsville if it wasn't for the hockey team. I know I wouldn't. I would never heard of them. And Huntsville used to be one of my favorite places to go as a kid because I got the Rocket Museum there. Yep. But um, that just shows the the total ignorance on the part of the university, and I think it's going to make it very difficult uh, for the program to come back, even if they do have a conference home. And, you know, they proved the alumni, they proved they have the funding. They could have gone independent, which, I mean, would have been incredibly difficult, but they could have done it. And um, I think it's just a slap in the face to people like myself, to the donors, to the alumni, um, to the current players, that um, the school just simply does not want them. Um, If they do come back, I don't know if I really want to be a part of it because of, you know, the school just – blatantly disregarding everything that's that's gone into it uh i may consider it if if dawson leaves i may consider coming back uh but this is definitely an, an insult to the people like me and, and many others well i mean you look at the guys that and of course Tass suffocitis put out the video message right after saying give us a chance give us a chance in to his credit to all those guys credit that put forth the money for this and well, the big money, obviously there's a lot of donations that came from across the board. Everyone knows the story, but this was a, a two man effort up top that trickled down throughout the entire now hockey committee, a committee that was built to make sure that this program would survive. And even though it, yes, it would be tough to be an independent program, no question about it, but it is feasible. It is possible. So why pull the plug is the question especially if you can do it for just one year. If you only had to do it for one year, they had the funding. Now, of course, they had the funding in place for 10 years, so it would have cut deep into that, but it was still doable. Um, yeah, I just feel bad for guys like Carlos Zernis, who was uh, assistant coach there, had just moved over from Alaska to join that program that he was an alumni of. He and I go way back to the National Junior Predators in a 3HL days back in the mid-2010s, uh, and now here he is and many others scrambling to look for a job. You know, that was their job um, to be with those boys day in and day out. And, you know, now they're having to scramble and find a new job again. It's 
And I, the people that say, because there were some, and I'm not going to name names, there were a few articles that are put out after, oh, it's just the nature of the business. Well, no, <laughs> not if you actually knew what went into the saving of the program part one, and then the amount of money that was raised to get to 17 million part two of saving the program for the extended future. That's whenever I hear Sam, oh, it's a business. It's the business. Oh, please. I may, I may have skipped out on macroeconomics, but I can tell you right now that there, that's common sense right there, that there was a feasible opportunity to get this program going. But it's, it just, it, it's tough now because it puts Alabama Huntsville a year behind. I don't know a program that has just taken a year off because of not being able to play in a conference. Obviously, Alaska Fairbanks, they were a school that just took a year off because uh, travel kind of sucked in the, in the COVID era. And I mean, the only reason why Arizona State was able to play because the Big Ten said, yeah, if you want to play us, but you got to travel up here. Obviously, Arizona State has that kind of money. It was different for everybody. Now, obviously, Alaska Anchorage is on the ropes. I do know that it's getting close, but they're not there yet. But that's the point is like no one just said, all right, we're not going to play this year, but we're going to try to come back next year. I've never seen a D1 program do that. And for, to be this back and forth, too, to be, for lack of a term, uh, bipolar about it. It just shows that they don't care. And it took, you know, a couple of million dollars staring them in the face for them to overturn cutting the program last year. Um, I want to clarify, too, um, you know, I am passionate about Chargers hockey. I'll bleed blue for the rest of my days. I am so blessed to have been part of that program. Um, it's just moving forward, it's tough to be a – representative of that university of UAH. I, again, I will always be about some Alabama Huntsville, some UAH Chargers hockey, but UAH in general, uh, I just got sour taste and uh, don't really want to be a part of that anymore. You know, and you say that and some people are like, oh my gosh, that doesn't mean you're a true Alabama Huntsville fan. Well, to the fans that are maybe outside of the Alabama Huntsville spectrum, and I guess a broad sport reference for you, just a few weeks ago, the passionate fans of Manchester United literally shut down a Manchester United game because they stormed the pitch and were voicing their displeasure towards the fans. Now, does that mean they're Manchester? They are no longer cheer for Manchester United. No, they'll still be there on Sunday for Premier League Championship Sunday. They'll be cheering them on at the pub or whatever. But they're just going to voice their pleasure. And Kelly's going to work, so she's waving bye to me in the door. Oh, Peyton, oh, she bye, says Kelly. hi. She says hi. So I uh, say bye, and he says bye. <laughs> You can go to work. I love you. This is her fourth in a row, four nights in a row, guys. It's kind of a oh, kind man. of tough. But yeah, no, to that point though, Peyton, it's that's what I'm saying. It's like just because you say that you're mad at the administration doesn't mean you're not going to be an Alabama Huntsville fan. Shoot, you think I liked Brian Burke at the end of his time in Toronto? No. <laughs> but was I a Leafs fan? Yes. For better or worse. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, we'll just we'll just see. And it, just so people know. I'm not a UAH alumni. I actually went to Murray State in West Kentucky. Murray State. You know, we, don't have, we don't have a hockey program. We don't have a pro or a uh, club hockey program. We don't have any, any of that. So for me, it just hurts in the deeper interest of Southern hockey. Having been involved with SEC, HC hockey for the past handful of years, there's no Southern team now. And that's one thing I tweeted that day that the program was suspended is that somebody's got to step up. One of these schools – and. Yes, there was the rumor about Tennessee State University, but there needs to be a school with clout. Alabama, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, a school that people recognize to step up and do this. Right, and that's that's something I think is important. That's what helps grow the game. 
you wouldn't, I mean, college hockey had it been, and this is no disrespect to any of the schools I'm about to mention, but had it been just like, it's weird because like it was built on schools like Colorado College, North Dakota, but schools like Michigan and Minnesota being a part of it and Boston College, the big schools, had it not been for those schools continuing to push their program, even with North Dakota and Boston University, which is technically a Division One school, but they're FCS in a lot of their sports and football at least. But like for the Colorado College, for the smaller schools, it would have not have thrived just on them alone. With the big time, the big Power Five schools that are around that play hockey, it's important for them. And that's why, while some people look at the Big Ten Conference as kind of a dumb thing nowadays, just because they don't play defense, that that those six teams is a real big part in college hockey still thriving in the United States. You think about the Big Ten, too, with, with like Penn State joining on recently. And then, of course, as you mentioned before, not uh, Big Ten, sort of Big Ten, but Arizona State. Again, these are schools that people recognize. And, you know, it's just kind of like, what, what if – now, I am the biggest hater of Alabama football. Roll turd. There but, we go. Yeah. But, SEC. But Sex. It would be so Sex. cool. It, it would be sick if we could get the frozen tide out there to become a NCAA division one hockey program. And I mean, that would just that'd be huge that, for hockey in general and hockey in the South. I, I said it when I was doing my, well, you said yelling, screaming rant, which exactly what it was. I said they would, you could literally have with Georgia getting that rink, the blueprints there, they're breaking ground there in Georgia you get Alabama to come through, tell Nick Saban to, in the boosters, put just a couple million off to the side for the hockey program. You have schools like Auburn that are down there that have money. All of a sudden, you have, you talk, you joke about the Big Ten Conference being their own thing up there in the Midwest, up here in the Midwest, but you have your own SECHC. That is a crazy idea, Peyton, I know. <laughs> at the NCAA I mean, level, there is one now. Yes, the AC. I mean, technically one, but yeah, but uh, yeah, to, for it to raise, um, I mean, that would be quite a rise. You know, we saw uh, what's his name on the Tampa Bay Lightning go ACHA to the NHL. Yes, uh, yeah. <laughs> we would see ACHA to I think there's CHA now to uh, NCAA Division One. Be a huge jump, but you know, never say never. Never say never. So with Walcott, the, sorry, Walcott. Walcott. Yes, Walcott. That was yep part of the uh, the first ever African American, the first ever black line in the history of the National Hockey League. It was an awesome moment. Everyone's like, oh, it's just because the resting players. He still got called up to the National Hockey League. I don't hey, care he's who still you are. Good enough. Exactly. He's good enough to make it. I couldn't even crack a Fed League roster. <laughs> so I'll tell you, that guy's a lot better than Peyton and I combined. But Peyton, let's get to. The big reason why we're talking today, as much as I wanted to let folks at Alabama Huntsville know of our displeasure, the Stanley Cup playoffs are well underway. Everyone's, well, I'd say almost everyone's playing. We got one more team. That'll be our last team we'll talk about tonight. They play their first game against Montreal a little bit later on. But Peyton, let's talk about the Central Division first. Well, right before 630, we'll talk about the Isles and Pittsburgh, obviously, because they'll start at 630 here, 630 Eastern time. But the Carolina Hurricanes and the Nashville Predators. It's going into this series. I said it on my pre on when I made my predictions. Love Pete Weber. Peyton, love you. Carolina's going to win easily. However, I did not think this was going to be a type of series where I said 
Who thought Alex Nedeljkovic was going to be the guy that steals the show? When I heard that he was starting game one, Peyton, I'm like, oh my gosh, Nashville has a chance. And then he looks like a my trophy candidate. I disagree with that. I thought that uh, Nedeljkovic should have absolutely been the number one goaltender all along. Uh, now, yes, the past couple of games at the end were kind of throwaway games, but uh, Peter Morazic was looking – he looked lost out there. Shaky is all I get out. I mean, just could not anticipate. And then you look at James Reimer, who is a solid backup, but that's all he is. He's but he's, and he, he's been hurt too, yeah. Sorry, Steve Dangle, but uh, I don't. Hey, I, 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 don't I love like James it. just about as much as Steve does. So you have two people you got to deal with. And the Delkovich has had a very solid season. Now I don't have any numbers in front of me. I'm not much of a numbers guy to begin with, which kind of hurts when I'm on these kind of shows. But he's a young goaltender, an American goaltender, and um, you know he's starting to reach that prime age for goaltenders. They come along a little bit later than most other players. It's very rare you see the guy come up at 19, 20 years old, Spencer Knight, um, yeah. and, and be dominant. So Nadelkovich, I quickly threw up his numbers here. Hockey, uh, Thank you to hockey-reference.com, hockey reference. Pretty good numbers this year. I think I mentioned on the last show, 932 save percentage and a 190 goals against average. And I, my thing, Peyton, was is he going to be able to play at the Stanley Cup level? Because he played games this year, played really well, but a look at the team in front of him. However, game one, I think, I was like, wow, boy, the Nashville's hanging in there. It was 5-2, a tough loss. Obviously, an empty netter involved there. But last night's game really showed me that Alex Nedeljkovich is for real. There is no way, like even if Mrazek is in net, that Nashville at least gets a goal. He They at least get a goal if he's in net, if Reimer's in net. Nedeljkovic was outstanding last night for the Canes. Uh, I mean, it's kind of easy to be outstanding when you have the uh, current Nashville Predators playing against him. Uh, I don't think they got a single grade A scoring chance last night. And they had chances to get scoring chances by having seven power plays, over 13 minutes worth of power play time. And they never ever hardly gained the zone on the power play, much less possess the puck, but they couldn't even gain the blue line. It it was inc- – so I had both games going. I had the Boston-Washington and that game going. I kept looking over like, oh, Nashville's on the power play. And I and Roman Yossi had the quote of the night saying they had more shots on our power play than we did. And it's true because every time I look down, I'm like, are they just clearing the puck? No, they didn't clear the puck. Well, they did once. And that's just – I mean – and this has been the problem with Nashville. This is dating back to the P.K. Subban days. The inability with the weapons that they had, obviously maybe not as much now, but their inability to have a top-end power play. And especially in these playoffs, when you do get chances, if few and far between, except for last night, you need to cash in. Well, it's, you know, I don't know what has changed personnel-wise. I mean, obviously the losses of P.K. Subban, you go way back in time, Patrick Hornquist was a big power play guy in front of the net. Um, Something has just gone askew, and it's been this way for three years. And they have tried several times switching out assistant coaches or, you know, changing out who is in charge of the power play. I believe it's Dan Lambert now, who, when he was hired, uh, half of the press release talked about how great he was with power plays in the WHL. And now I'm sitting here thinking, well, what do they pay you for? I mean, this they're not moving the puck around. They're not moving bodies around. And, you know, there's a lot of Predators fans that are extremely optimistic. 
And I just think, do you not watch these other teams? I mean, you go and watch, you switch, you switch over to the Boston game. You watch them go on the power play. Night and day difference. The Blues, who got absolutely tracked or train wrecked by the Avalanche, at least their power play looks solid, and they were moving in the puck around and getting chances. So I don't know what it's going to take for Nashville. They just got to get their heads out of their butt, I guess. It's it's a really rough go. And I knew it was going to be tough. Anyways, Carolina's been playing to a T this year. And similar to the Colorado-St. Louis series, which we'll mention in the bottom bottom half of today's show. But the the crazy thing about this is that everyone talks about, especially it's it's so painful to watch. And it, I'm painful to watch the North Division. Uh, by that, I mean watching without fans. Going from watching Carolina. Literally, you go from Carolina during the storm surge last night to Winnipeg and Edmonton at Rogers Place and having nobody. But to that point, though, now the series goes back to Smashville, and you're going to have over 12,000 people there at Bridgestone Arena. 12,000 people in Bridgestone Arena is better than nothing because, Peyton, you know you were there in the 2017 final. When it's packed to 18,000-plus, it's great, but 12,000 Smashville Aniacs. Nope, that's not a thing. I'm not going to make that a thing. But no, all that's not good. it's not going to work. But you know what I mean. All, that's like NASCAR. Oh my gosh! Don't even start me with Elliot Friedman there. Um, but that was uh, it, that will be the driving force if Nashville has any chance. I said they'll get one. I said Canes will lose. Canes will win in five, either three or four. Smashville's going to win. But that hometown crowd is going to be so important for Nashville to have any chance to win either of these next two games. And usually they have that uh, that ability to will the team to victory in big playoff games on Saturday nights. Uh, you know, the the final TV timeout standing ovation became a thing in those 7 uh, season, and it's carried on through uh, since then. Um, I, I don't know if it's going to be enough in this series, though. I did pick Hurricanes in, t- in six, and I felt that was already a little too optimistic. Um, I do think quite possibly the Preds can steal one with the home crowd, but there's just a lot of deep flaws with this team. A lot of personnel lineup decisions, too, that I think are going to sink them. Uh, in Carolina, you know, as much as I want to say Nashville's been playing bad, I do have to give Carolina credit as one of the best teams that we've seen in quite a while and a team that is primed for the Stanley Cup. And they've been building on this for the past four years. And now they've got it with guys like Sebastian Ajo and Dougie Hamilton. But, uh, boy, yeah, I guess we'll see. I the the long discussion is how long until Carolina is no more an underdog and I'm like well they just won their division so uh, exhibit A but that was one of the president's trophy they were close heck well they were like and people forget everyone's looking at the Vegas Colorado that was the only race no there was Carolina in it and up until the second to last game when the Leafs lost to Ottawa in overtime the Leafs had a chance to win the president's trophy so there's not enough pressure on that team as it is but Peyton you you know, I'll probably ask you this during the offseason, but I'll quick throw you on the spot here now. Is this Nashville team going to be a playoff contender next year? Or is David Poyle going to say, all right, guys, well, we had a good run. Let's uh, let's start offloading this summer. Or do you think, like I said, that they're going to keep trying to make this thing work? Well, they did pretty well with the youth movement. Uh, they got forced into a youth movement uh, around the trade deadline because of, I mean, Half the roster was gone with injuries. Uh, has anyone heard from Lucas Pisa? Do we, do we know if he's okay? Gosh, um, don't even start can, with me. Can someone rescue him off Robada Island? But no, leave him there. There was a forced rebuild almost, except you still had the guys that you have to trade away, just injured. Um, 
So I think this team can still be successful. I think an offload needs to happen. Uh, they need to offload one of either Duchesne or Johansson. Please, God, Duchesne. Uh, that's piece number one. And there's a lot of other guys. Uh, Cousins still has a year on his contract. There's one guy that I'm curious about. Now, he's possibly a little bit banged up, but it's been a big story that he's been scratched the past two games, and that's Dante Fabro. Uh, young defenseman that they drafted high first round, I think, what, maybe 2015, something like that. It was somewhere around that time. And he's been scratched first two games of the playoffs. Um, even before then, he'd seen somewhat of a reduced role. And you think about what it took to get him into the fourth defenseman um, spot, the second pair. You know, they moved out P.K. Subban to make room for him. And now it seems like he has no place uh, on this on this future, and you take into uh, account the expansion draft too. So anyway, I'd say all that to say this: it's going to be interesting to see if they do in fact trade Dante Fabro, and you count on two hands now the uh, amount of young great defensemen that the Predators have traded, and in many cases, it's bitten them back. It it's going to be crazy because I keep saying it: the flat cap. This offseason is going to be miserable on this program because I'm going to be trying to do as much math as probably the general managers for the entire National Hockey League is, let alone Seattle, who's going to be probably goaded into taking a lot of dumb con- Well, not goaded. They're going to want to take dumb contracts because they'll be like, hey, it worked for George McPhee and the Vegas Golden Knights. It'll work for us, Ron Francis says. But it'll be interesting to see what Nashville does, and it's going to be tough for them. But I, I still think they get one. I don't know if they're going to get two because that's implying that if they don't win both in Smashville, Payton, they have to go back to PNC Arena which even though their storm surge is bland by 2019 comparables, uh, I still would not want to try to win a game at PNC right now. No, and I think back to two years ago when they played against the Capitals, the final clinching game, I think it was game seven or whatever it was, the fans stood up and cheered like crazy for the last five minutes of the game. Uh, game it six, a, game six, because seven, seven was in Washington, yeah. Okay, okay, thank you, yes. Um I mean, the, the crowd was just insane. It was it was crazier than any Nashville crowd I'd ever seen. It's as dumb as it is. The reason why we would harp on Carolina fans, Dallas fans, Florida fans, because they were never there. Well, then again, unlike you know tradition, like where Leafs games were always sold out, Habs games were always sold out, Oilers same thing. You know, for and Red Wings still kind of sell, and they're not selling out, but they they're still putting together a good fan base. Is that when a team is awful down in the South, they just don't go. The fans are there, they just don't want to pay to see their team get crapped on, and that's why you see now that Carolina's heck. When I said it on Monday, BB and T Center, one of the loudest rinks in the arena or in the league right now. Who would have thought? <laughs> the rat throwing crazy heads. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah. Uh, wasn't that crazy to see? I mean, I guess, you know, everyone's been cooped up inside for the past year and a half, and everybody's ready to get out and do something. Not but Florida. <laughs> you had never, ever seen a Florida Panthers crowd like that since 1996, which I think, if I'm not mistaken, they've only won, I think, three playoff games at BB&T Center since it opened in 1998. Yep. That's well, rough for a franchise that's been around as long as I have. Well, I can tell you, could you get, or actually, I can tell you, can you guess the other playoff appearances since that 96 Cup run? The 2012 matchup against the Devils. Yep. Adam Henry. 16 against the Islanders. Yep. And then I have no clue. 2000, maybe? Nope. Against they, the Peru or, wins? Oh, no, that's right. 2000. Yeah, 2000 was against the Devils. 
Devils, that, okay. That was the Pavel Bure, Maurice Rocket Richard year. And that was when I still, it's funny to look back on it, but it's actually true. When they got Mike Vernon near the deadline, Mike Vernon was the Florida oh. Panthers goaltender because they had either Sean Burke or Trevor Kidd. And uh, both those guys were long past their prime at that point. So they went with the elder Mike Vernon. He unfortunately couldn't stop the eventual Stanley Cup winning uh, New Jersey Devils in that first round. Real quick, have you seen their 0607 intro video? Yes, the old, the uh, the non-point in the air tonight. Yes, I remember when the, Anthony Stewart posted that. He posted that before the season. I'm like, that's the... Uh, well, okay, which one's better, Peyton? The that the 0607 opener or the um what year did the was it the the inaugural year for the Predators when they had like the the saber tooth cat run down Broadway? That was like every year of their franchise for like the first ten years. They had it up until like 0708. <laughs> they just had different iterations of it, um, which I became a fan back in 04. So I don't really know a whole lot about before then. But uh, oh, bandwagoner! Their first playoff appearance, bandwagoner Peyton Turnage. Well, guilty as charged, JK. I was at, right before then, but uh, St. Patty's Day, 4-4 tie against the Calgary Flames. Never forget it. Um, got an orange Mountain Dew puck from that night, I think. Oh, boy, look out. He's finding something. Look at that. my very first game. Wow, look at that. Ten years old. Like, how do you – orange puck? Anyway, Mountain Dew live wire. Oh that's, man, uh, that's how that's how oh four that was the summer oh three and oh four were the the two big years for Livewire. Now then they ever since they started making it mass production, it's not as cool. It was only for the the summers <laughs> those two years. But I'll, I'll say all that to say this: How old did Ed Belfour look in that video? The Ed Belfour, he, like, he was forty five years old, probably. Okay, at that he point looked with, every bit of it. And I was about saying about a fifth of Jack put inside him, boy. Eddie, yes, Eddie Belfour. What a, I still forgot he I. Totally, because he was there. He was at the Leafs 0506, and he signed with Florida for that season. And the crazy thing is, people forget about this. Todd Bertuzzi played seven games with the yes. Panthers that year before yes. coming to Detroit. Because uh, you know Todd Bertuzzi, I at that point, well, I don't say Todd Bertuzzi's career is over after the lockout, but he had a few years with Detroit. I just remember looking at that though and thinking to myself, "Good Lord, that guy played for th- them." That was the Luongo trade. He was the piece. He and Alex Ald. Yep. And yeah. I mean, that's just a, mm, that's a bad trade. Well, when Alex. For how it turned out. That's true. That is true indeed. Um, just a few minutes away from puck drop in the East Division. We'll get to the other Central Division, Florida. We'll get to Florida Tampa a little bit more after the break. But we're coming up right now. Islanders in Pitts at Pitts. No, Pittsburgh in Nassau County taking on the Islanders game three. A series tied at one, Peyton. Kyle Palmieri takes care of a very shaky-looking Tristan Jari in game one. However, Tristan Jari came out in game two and uh, uh, I think put the put the skeptics to rest with that performance in game two, showing that he is that's the reason why he was an all-star last year. Very much so. There's, uh, It's almost like the team traded uh, shaky goalies because then in game two you had for the Islanders Ilya Sorokin subbed out for Semyon Verlamov and uh, he didn't look quite so good out of the gate I thought the Islanders just should have kept on with Sorokin in my I, opinion it's it's crazy because as soon as that goal went in I'm like who the hell who the heck is Barry Trotz think he is Lou where are you and but I will say this yes had that goal not gone in it's a 1-1 hockey game 
Yet, Varlamov made some really big saves down the stretch. So I, as far as I know, I haven't checked left-wing lock yet. Um, Crites. Because leftwinglock.com is one of the best places to look up for starting goaltenders. I have not seen who it is yet. Hey, you know what? I'll probably turn it on in the office, and I can tell you who's starting tonight for the Islanders. It may be Sorokin. I mean, he looked good in game one. I mean, heck, that's the reason why. Do you? I mean, do you, okay. Here's another trivia question for you, Peyton, all you folks out there. Who was the starting goaltender for the Pittsburgh Penguins 2016 playoff run? Uh, Jeff Zatkoff. Dang it. I thought I was going to fool you. He played the first two games. He won the first one against the Rangers and then lost the second one. It's like, all right, Murray, now you go in. Because that was the year. He looked bad. Well, he was never an NHL goaltender. Unfortunately, he was the one called up and Matt Murray was still with Wilkes-Barre at the time. But it's, it'll be an interesting game. Puck drop here in probably about five or so minutes from the NYCB Live is what they call it, the Nassau County Veterans Memorial Arena. It's one of the best rinks ever. I'm excited to see what the new little village they got going there near Belmont Stakes. But Nassau County, when it's dead and done, it'll be a rink that we will all miss. But we're going to take a break here, folks, on the Kiel Show. When we come back with Peyton Turnage, we'll talk about the rest of the Central, the rest of the East, the West and the North Division playoffs. You are watching The Cule Show here on 12 Ounce Sports. And welcome back to The Cule Show, everyone. Tyler Cule here alongside free agent play-by-play voice and Mountain Dew, Livewire, Sabretooth, Nashville Predators, Puck Extraordinaire, Peyton Turnage. Peyton, how are we doing? Dutastic, my friend. Dutastic. Oh, my gosh. Somewhere, John Jensen is only laughing his keister off right now. John Jensen, what a guy. Best, be, Peyton's best friend for sure. Best friend. I thought he was the worst person on earth, and then I watched Ben Harper play hockey. So oh, my opinion has changed on that. John Jensen, who dragged his poor wife into a long Twitter. Th- I feel, you know who I feel bad for in all that? Because that all started from the Minnesota Wild sweater. I feel bad because state or because um, state of Ho- Hoppy came in. State of Hoppy who chimed in with the conversation was fun, but poor Pat Micheletti, who we had on the show oh. on Monday, he was probably getting all those notifications. And I told I'm about like halfway through, and I see Stephanie come up, and I'm like, "Oh crap, Pat's in this thread still." I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry, like, I probably burned that bridge for you. I apologize. Oh, I I'm gonna I probably should email I'm like, "Hey Pat, uh, sorry about that." Hey buddy. So we're talking Stanley Cup playoffs here. We just gave a little bit of a brief preview to the Florida Panthers. Florida Panthers. We talked about the Florida Panthers a little bit. We previewed the Islanders-Pens game. That's going to start up here in just a couple minutes. But let's go to that Central Division series. Florida-Tampa. Game one. The best game of the opening weekend. And I, you know, I'm going to say it, up until, I mean, even the double overtime game between Boston and Washington, which we'll get to here in just a little bit. I still think that may be the most entertaining game we've had so far in this first round, Peyton. Crowd was into it. Players were definitely into it. As many stops and starts and skirmishes as there were, the game was entertaining from puck drop to the final buzzer. And I don't know who it was that said it. It might have been Greg Wyshynski. Somebody uh, said that, you know, this is a game that if you were, you know, a casual fan, this made a new hockey fan out of you. Uh, If you pulled someone off the street, you would have a lifer just off that game alone. Uh, very, very entertaining game. That said, if you're Florida, man, you got to win that game. You got to win that game. And and some people say it wasn't Bob's fault. And I, you know what? To each their own. I think Bob could have played better. He made some big saves, sure. But Chris Drieger earned the start in game two. And you know what? It, that was a game where it was a lot calmer, obviously, not as crazy. 
I think the NBC feed turned down the arena mic for some reason because it was really quiet in that rink. Did you watch the game at all, Peyton, the other night? It's a little bit awkward with um, some of the games they've had in-house commentary. The announcers have been there, and it's, a lot of it has been remote. And it's it's kind of awkward with the remote broadcast um, with the sound, um, especially with the Carolina National Series. Uh, what's his name? Got uh, Brendan Burke. He was a little too overpowering as far as the sound goes. Yeah, that's one the one problem you ever have when you have the the trying to do the crowd mic and trying to get it involved because you end up having that issue where you you're trying I don't say you're trying to fight with the with the crowd and you're trying to find the balance. Yeah. I, I had the same thing with UAH games, so yeah. I totally get it. By the way, they decided to bump back the Pittsburgh Islanders uh, game to seven o'clock because I just kind of turned on my TV guide in here, so that's good news. Uh, hmm. So we don't have to worry about missing that game. But, you know, this the series with Florida and Tampa, Chris Jager gets to start in game two. I think he plays well. A fluky goal that goes off the crossbar. It's his first ever playoff start on his birthday. He's getting the call here tonight. That is a 7.30 puck drop. Or, yeah, so 7 o'clock puck drop. And I, I wonder, you know, Peyton, is this a – I don't want to say it's a bad move by Joel Quinville because give Chris Jager another shot because he played well in game two. Because now at this point you're down 2-0 heading into Amelie Arena, which you think, you know, BB&T was loud and, you know, hard to play in maybe in game one, but Amelie Arena has been hard to play in for years for some teams. That's going to be tough. Um, I think he's fine going either way between Chris Drieger and, and Spencer Knight. Just do not go back to Bobrovsky. I'm sorry, but he's just, it's not going to help you. He's, and it's funny because I was watching the Colorado St. Louis game last night and John Forslund and Pierre McGuire were talking about it and they both thought Bob would get the start. And <laughs> Forslund dropped the, uh, well, he gets uh, compensated quite well to be there line. Gosh. But, uh, money well spent. Uh, I, I think this Florida team is very good, very entertaining, but I think they lack the moxie to beat Tampa. I mean, let's face it, they're playing Tampa the defending Stanley Cup champions, a team that is relatively unchanged from last year. With Nikita Kucherov and Steven Samkos. Full health, shocker. Who would have thought, right? The cap shall be circumvented. Oh, man. Listen, and you know it's, you know what the crazy thing is? It won't change. It's not going to – no one – because here's the thing. All the other teams wish they had that ability to do that. But I digress. I, I, I picked Florida in seven, so it's not over but it ain't looking pretty there for the Mudville nine down in sunrise. So I, I mean, do, and I remember as soon as, and it's crazy. It sounds cause especially since the way that game one went as soon as Braden or no, um, not Braden point, uh, Blake Coleman scored that goal after the disallowed goal. I tweeted out Bolton four and boy, I am halfway there. <laughs> well, it's just one of those deals where it's such a big back and forth game in front of your crowd, entertaining, high energy but if you lose that game it just takes all the wind out of your sails and it's hard to come back for game two uh knowing that you very well could have won and it, it feels like you've lost two games at the at once yeah and that so that's why it's gonna be tough for them to go back looking at the other eastern conference series we talked about pittsburgh islanders which actually is on i forgot that they're on usa network that was my problem i was looking at the wrong one um because you know nbc the <laughs> There's a reason. Hey, they're going out with a bang, guys. They got a brand new scoreboard, and they're putting games on USA Network. Diamonds, baby. Oh man, I. It's one of those. It's and it's funny, Peyton. Quick, we'll get to the series here in just a moment between Boston and Washington. It is the epitome of ESPN with the college football playoff. They have the same scoreboard 
and all throughout the season through conference championships and everything college football playoff comes around bam new scoreboard that's yeah i'm sure we can expect that uh with the NHL and ESPN coming up these days. Man, I hope they come up with a good product. Don't you? I mean, I, I know you, well, I don't know how much you watch NHL on NBC, but man, like, they're good, but there's something about it that's just boring the way the games are presented. So I'm well, hoping ESPN and TNT step it up. I think, well, if for this playoff, it's just, it's like the, the funeral march for them, right? This is, all right, hmm. it's the last few days of school before summer. They're just kind of coasting along and wait until it's all said and done. I think that's for them. And that's why you only see the guys in attendance that are up in the Northeast. That's why you see, you know, Forslund up in Pittsburgh or, or excuse me, I think he's over in Vegas, probably. But like Kenny Albert's only in Pittsburgh or in Boston or in Washington. They're not going to go down to Florida. They're not going to go down to Carolina. They're not going to go down to Smashville. None of that. No. They are going to kill Brian Boucher. That guy <laughs> is the hardest working man in show business. They, they are going to kill him. The amount of traveling he's had to do. God bless that man. He, I think he should, if, if there's any of the guys, I know Kenny Albert sounds like he's already going to TNT. He's going to be the voice for the Stanley Cup Finals in their three that they get with the seven-year contract that they signed. With but, Eddie Olchek. With Eddie Olchek, yep. Boucher, I think Boucher would go with him unless they just don't want to spend all that, which would, personally, if you're asking me, that'd be the stupidest thing ever. But regardless, it's... It's crazy how it's going to work out. We can make all of our predictions for the year. Of course, I mentioned on Monday, Leah Hextall being the first ever full-time women's play-by-play broadcaster for any NHL TV deal. Um, I forget. I mentioned her name on Monday. I forget the woman that keeps doing college football games for ESPN has been doing it for like 10 years now. Still can't remember her name though. I looked it up on the last show. Say what? Beth Mowens. Yes, thank you. Was, I, 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 I reckon I can recognize her voice with anybody, but I could never remember her name. She has a very, very distinct voice. Yes. Very, very distinct. I'll tell you, and I tell you, she's one of, the, and there's a certain few college football broadcasters that I can listen to, some I can't. She's one that I can listen to. I don't, maybe it's just me. She's, <laughs> this is, this is no insult intended. She sounds a little bit like a female Kenny Albert. Oh, yeah. Bit. Yeah. I, I, I don't, hey, you know what? Kenny Albert's calling the Stanley Cup finals. So I don't think that's a knock on anybody. Um, but let's get over here to the Boston Washington page, Peyton. This is a series that started off weird as all get out. Vitek Vanasek pulls his groin in game one. All right. Well, that's not good. Craig Anderson, he's almost, he's now he's 40 years old. He was 39 in that game. They end up winning in overtime. Nick Dowd, deflection. All right. Craig Anderson, the old goat's coming through. Game two. Plays well for the most part. However, an awful giveaway by Brendan Dillon. That doesn't help out. And all of a sudden, Brad Marchand looking like the hero, which everyone in the hockey community loves to see. And it's 1-1 going back to Boston. And then game three happens last night. And I'm telling you, it was a fun game to watch. They were close chances. Taylor Hall picks up a goal. Ovechkin scores. Dowd scores. Dowd takes a dumb penalty. Marchand ties the game. We go to overtime. How about we do it twice? And then Ilya Samsonov, who got the start instead of Craig Anderson, decides to, and I'll say this, 40 saves in the game. I must mention that first for discretional purposes. Holy cow, is that not the worst turnover I've ever seen since Ty Conklin in the 06 final? That and uh, Jonathan Quick against St. Louis, I think that was 2013, maybe, yep. Alex Steen. Yep. Uh, man, you got to be aware. You're in overtime. You've got to, to wake up. You're the starting goalie, for God's sake. 
So I was part of the Slapshot Sweethearts podcast. I was watching their feed last night. I was in them with the chat on their YouTube channel, which they're actually doing right now for the Florida-Tampa game. Hold on. Don't jump there yet. Hold on right here on 12 Ounce Sports. We'll finish up. We'll lead it into them. But I was, and you know, everyone in the couple, in the girls, Meg and Shannon were like, man, is he just tired? I'm like, no, that's just laziness to a T because here, and then people were wondering who is Alex Ovechkin yelling at? Uh, his goaltender that is taking the walk of shame into the tunnel because listen, I don't, there is no excuse, zero excuse saying, oh, his defenseman should have played the puck. No, as a goaltender, you leave the puck for your defenseman. You get your behind back in the net so nothing happens. That's that's what caused this. Dare I say, I know it's only 2-1. There's a lot of hockey to be played, but if they don't come back to win a game, does Washington, that play right there changed the series. Absolutely. I don't think it was laziness, but it was just, I mean, a definite brain fart. Like You've got to be more aware in that situation. It's high pressure, uh, double overtime, right? Yes, double overtime. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I missed it because I was watching the stupid Nashville Carolina game. Um, so I really missed out on a big moment there. But uh, yeah, that's going to come back to bite them. And we got to go. Oh boy, Sammy Bennett scoring the first goal of the game of Florida in Tampa. So Florida coming out strong here in game three. Sam Bennett, who of course was suspended for game two for one of the 25 hits from behind. He has called, he's got called though from the NHL Department of Player Safety. So he gets the first goal. It's one nothing Florida down there in Tampa. But going back to Boston, Washington, now you wonder, because the thing with Samsonov, and it's going to pertain to Evgeny Kuznetsov, those two guys have been in and off the COVID list for pretty much a lot, you know, parts, good stretches of the season. Kuznetsov today revealing he did test positive a second time for COVID-19, hence why he was out for the remainder of the regular season. It, you just wonder, it's... I get it. You'd probably rest Craig Anderson in game three because uh, he's 40 years old and he is not no spry chicken. So you put in the youngster and I mean, do you go back with him now? Because it sounds like the organization's fed up with Kuznetsov, A, and Samsonov is tagged right at him right at the hip and they more or less played him out of necessity. But do you go back with him, Peyton, in game four now tomorrow night because he played well up until that gaffe? Or do you think the team now with that poor play that uh, cost him the game you think they're not going to want to play for him and you're going to have to play Craig Anderson in tomorrow night in Boston? I think you still go with Samsonov, like you said. I, I mean, I know it was a horrible gap, but we see that every now and then. Um, a lot of these games that go past one overtime, usually the goal that happens is something that you don't quite expect. It's usually something goofy like that. Um, but I think you do stick with Samsonov. He's young. He's skilled. Um, he's proven he can be a starter. And um you just take the lesser of two evils. Yeah, it's it's really tough for to see, and I, it it's hard because you want. I mean, Samsonov has been. I don't say a breath of fresh air, but him and Vitek Vanacek, they got put in a very odd spot this year. It seemed like Henrik Lundqvist was going to come over, be the starting goaltender. He has heart con- problems. They signed Craig Anderson literally just to be kind of a, uh, I guess, an insurance policy. You know, having an NHL goaltender in case one of the youngsters gets hurt. They both play well for the most part. And you know what? Joel Quinville's yelling at something on the ice on the screen right now. But, you know, they played well, and so did Sam Sonoff. He played well behind Braden Holpe the last season and a half. So I guess if you're, you know, to that point, yeah, you should give him another start. But if the team all of a sudden looks at him and um, I don't say as a liability, but someone who can have that kind of a brain fart in the playoffs, may play a little tentative there with the Caps tomorrow night. And you got to take advantage of your opportunities. Again, that's another team, Boston, that's not going to make it easy on you. Um, so. 
We'll see. Yeah, so it's going to be tough. going to be very interesting. We probably, it looks like we're going to be going just a little over today, guys. I do apologize because we only got nine minutes left and we got a couple more series to talk about. Let's move to the, talked about both the East and the Central. Let's move to the West because, well, Vegas, and we have Vegas and Minnesota tonight, game three. Peyton, what is your thoughts on this series? I talked to Pat on Monday. He said the reason why Minnesota won game one is because they knew how to shut down the Vegas Golden Knights, limit their greatest scoring chances. So they go into game two, they get the first goal. Everything's looking all hunky-dory for Minnesota to get another win. And boy, Marc-Andre Fleury did that thing again where he just stood up and made every big save again. He's just got the magic juices. I don't know what it is uh, that, that uh, you know he came up with back in 2018, but it seems he's got that, that magic again at his advanced age. That is a very, very tight defensive series. I think, you know, way beyond any other series out there. And I thought for sure Minnesota was about to was about to shut them out again in game two. And then the uh, Marsha So goal goes in and it's like, oh, okay. All right. Well, Vegas is alive now. So that is a uh, very tight series. And Minnesota, I think, really has a great chance to be in an upset. I picked them in seven because I whenever whenever they seem like they're down and out in a series or they're not favored to win a series, they always seem to win in seven. And it's going to be a weird overtime goal scored by probably Andrew Burnett. Andrew Burnett's somehow going to come out of the woodwork or somehow Nino Niederreiter is going to go full Cape Crusader and quickly change uniforms in the in a phone booth and jump on the ice and snipe. Sam, oh my goodness, could you imagine if the Islanders pull off the series and they later on down the line have to play Carolina and just know that Simi Varlamov is going to have to go against Nieder Rider? My tin hat is going to be taken off now, but I'm just saying, wouldn't it be funny? Oh, God. I, I hadn't even thought of that. that. That's pretty, that's some galaxy brain stuff, though. Oh, man. But it'll. That's, that goal highlight's funny because the shot goes in, they're celebrating, and then there's like a big scramble. Because like some people's like trying to deny it, you know? It didn't go in, it hit off the crossbar and went out. Uh, nobody. That was a snipe by the Swiss yeah. Superman. You don't need a writer. Uh, by the way, shout out to Alabama Huntsville Hockey giving us a like on the post saying, you know, they tweeted out that we're on with Peyton Turnage. I don't think they knew what we were talking about, Peyton. Uh, I mean,. Like I said, I still love them. Bleed Charger Blue, hate the university. Um, and that's their official Twitter account, and that's uh, Carmine Guerrero. So hey, shout thanks, out to bud. shout out to Mr. Guerrero down there. Um, but who was your pick in that series, Vegas and Minnesota, Peyton? Did you have a, a favorite? And I mean, obviously Vegas is the favorite, but did you have who'd you have coming out of there? I'll have to go back and look. I uh, I'll tell you what, Minnesota's made a believer out of me. I think I picked Vegas starting out, but I hadn't watched Minnesota much this year. I know that they've been surprising a lot of people. Um, I guess I just I don't care for Minnesota that much at all, so I, I refuse to watch their games. But they're fun. They've become a very entertaining team to watch, uh, you know, with Kirill Kaprizov at the center of it. But, uh, man, they, they look good. And they look like a team that, that is built to beat Vegas. They're going to be a tough team. If I mean, they beat them. They won the season series for the last, I think, last couple of years against Vegas, believe it or not. But the other West division, which looks, dare I say, similar to the Carolina-Nashville series, Peyton, St. Louis and Colorado. Game one, game one was actually very close. Jordan Bennington, looking like 2019 Jordan Bennington. Dang near seemed like he was going to sh- shut down the brain fart. Colorado Avalanche made a bunch of big stops in that game. Colorado pulls it out in the third period. Last night, though, it was, uh, it was a different game. Now, yes, St. Louis kind of fought back to make it with, put it within reason. 
really only lost 4-3. There were two empty net goals. McKinnon gets a hat trick in that game. Jonas Donskoy gets a pair of goals as well. But the big headline from that game, Peyton, was the Nazem Kadri hit on Justin Falk. And he was offered an in-person hearing from the NHL Department of Player Safety, which means it's going to be at least five games, and that Kadri is a repeat of, well, pardon me, since it's been 18 months, he's not considered a repeat offender, but since he has a pass of doing stuff like this in the playoffs, it's probably going to be at least the rest of the series, if not more, for the Colorado Avalanche, aren't you? don't you think? That is a hit that you you know everybody's been trying to take out of the game. I mean, it's just the textbook shoulder to the head, just blatant as all get out. So um, I tweeted her as me immediately as it happened. I was like, oh my god, Kadri is getting himself suspended in the playoffs again. Um, big story, but I don't think that well you know if you want to keep going on Kadri for a second, I don't think that was the story. I think Nathan friggin' McKinnon was the story of that game. Just oh. absolute beast. A freak of nature the past two games. I Listen, this guy wants to win. He wants to win now. And his, he sets up two goals from the point on the power play. I think St. Louis is realizing now they can't be taking penalties. By the way, Radko Gudis just scored for Florida. It's 2 nothing Panthers. Oh I, I don't even have my TV on. This is, wow. 2 nothing. The Tampa Bay Lightning. X Tampa Bay Lightning, Radko Gudis, Flyers legend, Radko Gudis. Mm. They have, okay, you ready for this? Unless their stats, I don't have the NHL stats in front of me right now, but unless the NBC stats are wrong, Florida has two goals on three shots right now. Mm. Yikes. Andre Vesnilevsky, are you sure about that, kids? Well, at least, okay, let's be honest. Game two, he was sensational. Uh, but get, jumping back here to the Kadri story, here is my, my quarrels with this. The recent events, Peyton, with Tom Wilson. Now, yes, I know that I have had a lot of rants this year about the Department of Player Safety, but the fact that they're going to willingly make an example out of Nazem Kadri, even though they have had chance after chance after chance with Tom Wilson. Now, yes, I have no problem with Nazem Kadri getting suspended for five games, which may be the case, if not more. But when you had the opportunity with another player in the league with multiple issues with the Department of Player Safety, severity or not uh, aside, you keep doing dumb stuff, you think it just gets worse and worse. Well, Tom Wilson has broken that mold while Nazem Kadri is going to be seeing the certainly the brunt of it because he's done it three times now in the playoffs. And I feel much the same as you do about Tom Wilson. The only thing I'll give him is that at least the last instant, there was a little bit of gray area. I mean, a little bit of room for doubt. With the Kadri hit, that's full on 100%, no right. doubt on that one. And that's why I, th- I think I'm okay with it. I mean, I'm, I'm okay with Kadri going. I remember as soon as I saw it, I'm like, not again. It's legitimately like, <laughs> I mean, th- there's someone has said there was Groundhog Day, the the reference of like, and Nazem Kadri, I saw a, a gif or a meme on it somewhere. I said, Nazem Kadri getting suspended in the playoffs again. <laughs> and it's, it, and that's why, and people, apparently Kyle Dubas got trending after that hit. Like, it happens, and then Kyle Dubas became, like, a po- hey, Kyle, you did a good job trading him because he would have done this against for us again. But that's that's kind of why. And let's be honest, if Kadri doesn't go AWOL on Charlie McAvoy, he doesn't get traded. And we never see Tyson Berry or Alex Kerfoot in a Leafs uniform. Quite possibly. I mean, it, that definitely accelerated things. Uh, I'm not going to say that was 100%, but uh, pretty much. He was such a key time player. Uh, Peyton, are you you got any th- you got any uh, time constraints here? Uh, we can keep keep rolling for a bit. Okay. Um, 
I just want to, because we got to quick hit the, well, we have to quick hit the North Division. So we'll go, like I said, a little over, folks. Fortunately, Peyton was yapping too much about Alabama Huntsville, even though I, yeah. even though I enticed him. <laughs> we uh, we went a full 15 minutes on that. My I, bad. I, well, I knew, and I'm like, we're going to bring it up. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to say stuff too, and it's okay. It's for a good cause, folks. We swear, we swear we say it in good in good good heart. That's what is that what the probably best way to describe it? He uh, means whale. We we mean whale. The North Division, Peyton. I don't know how much you were able to watch the game last night between Winnipeg and Edmonton. As crazy, yeah, like four minutes. Four minutes. The thing is with this series is it was weird because we went from the storm surge last night, Carolina getting the win, to empty Rogers place. And it was just yeah. so hard for me to watch it. And I'm like, it wasn't so hard to watch, but it was like, gosh, this is such an, and they're in Amelie arena right now. It's not full. It doesn't seem as, as packed as it was in, in sunrise, but still there's fans there. And, and now here in Michigan, starting June 1st, outdoor capacity levels have been kicked to the wayside. So that means if you want to go to Comerica park to watch the tigers, I wouldn't suggest that, but you can go there and pack as many people as you want. But, I mean, it's just, I know Canada's behind the ball on this one, but it was just, it's a weird game. And I know we all saw it last year. There were no fans allowed during any of the playoff games last year, Peyton. But, I mean, you've seen it down there. I mean, Nashville's been having fans, and they're going to be rowdy tomorrow night. Same with the storm surge. Vegas is loud as well. It's just different. It's almost to the point now where it's odd seeing no fans in the arena. Mm Mm-hmm. We live in a post-vaccination world. Now, we don't live in a post-COVID-19 world. No, but we live in a post-vaccination world. Like I, I got vaxxed uh, a few weeks ago, so I'm feeling free, feeling happy, and it, it's weird going back. Uh, I had a hard time watching games this year because of no fans. It's it's amazing how important fans are to hockey games. So to your point, to, to watch the Edmonton Winnipeg game last night, and you know, God bless it, the Toronto Montreal series. Like, aren't we getting robbed? We're getting so robbed by not having fans. you have any idea how many people who have said this is the year the Leafs are going to win because, A, <laughs> no fans for Toronto-Montreal, yeah. no fans for the Stanley Cup final, and because they may, they, may they may allow people to travel over across the border. The Canadian government's hinted at that. And, of course, this is the year they're going to win because they can't have a Stanley Cup parade <laughs> because yes. that province is in a massive shut down right now the western province not so much now the habs montreal has come out and said that by game six they're going to have at least 2500 fans at the bell center barring of course the series gets the six games but i mean it probably will because that's just how montreal plays in the playoffs by that i mean carry price but it's i mean you're hoping that eventually you allow some fans in because man you it's tough it's hard there's a lot of people frustrated in Canada. I'm frustrated too that, I mean, I, I've not been able to go to a Jays game in over two years. I probably won't go to a Jays game until, gosh, I have another friend of mine that's getting married in 2022. I may go to that before I go to another Jays game in Toronto. That's just how bad it's been. But it seems like we're heading in the right direction, but it just seems like, at least in Canada, they're so far away. Well, they just were so slow on the vaccine rollouts. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's what's created this problem. And it's allowed the variants to thrive, like what we saw in Vancouver. Yeah. Um, so moral of the story, kids, get your vaccinations so that uh, you can live free and not uh, free because of ignorance. Exactly. Oh, man. 
Well, if you want to come on my come on the do newscast to me over at Wood Radio here in Grand Rapids, boy, say that. <laughs> there's be- uh yeah, so there's not too many people from my neck of the woods, the boot heel of Missouri, that would agree with with what I just said. But you you would I be su- you'd be surprised. They vote the technically the state voted blue this last election, but Grand Rapids, <laughs> oh boy, mm. not. Not indeed at all. But, you know, who do you have coming out of the – I mean, Connor Hellebuck stands on his head last night for the first half of the game. Winnipeg shuts down Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, who we thought were going to get five or six points in that first game. They'll probably do it tomorrow night in game two. Who do you have coming out of the North, Peyton? I mean, everyone's seeming Leafs or bust. I am skeptical AF because I'm scarred. But what is your take on the North Division? Leafs fans are scarred and they're scared. It's yeah. amazing the amount of trepidation going into the series. Uh, Steve Dangle on his latest podcast said to calm everybody down. Like, look, this team finished number one in your division. Be happy. They're as good as they've ever been. Cheer for your team. But uh, as far as the Oilers go, boy, oh, boy, did they not look like the Oilers that lost against Chicago in the qualifying round. It's a little scary. If they lose this series against Winnipeg, you start to kind of like, oh, Connor McDavid, is he going to choke hardest? That said, obviously the Oilers don't have much of a team beyond McDavid and Dreisaitl. Um, as far as who comes out of the North completely, I'm picking Toronto. I got a little bit of trepidation, I think. Uh, Campbell's going to do okay in net. God forbid they, they do not need to go to Anderson. He looked terrible in the AHL. Yeah, but uh, well, so did Carey Price, though. He gave up two goals on nine shots in his appearance with Laval. So and he slammed his stick against the post and showed that he's a leader. And it's a and pa- grit. passion. Yeah, that pff, means you're terror. You're pissed off at how bad you're playing. That's what it is. This is this is not a fit for Montreal. They have so many other needs. Sorry, going back um, to when he got drafted. Pierre uh, McGuire going off on him. Oh man, well yeah, because Joe yeah Jose Terrier was at his prime, and well Carey Price came in and Jose Terrier quickly fell. And Jan Donis. Jan That's Donis. one of the names that uh, Pierre McGuire referenced in that rant. Oh, man. Well, they got Jan Donis. He's fine. No, he's not. No, he is not. No. Pierre McGuire saying anything. It's, uh, boy, I hope, uh, well, geez, talk about all the free agents going to be coming out of the NBC deal fallout. Does Pierre McGuire get left without a job? I wonder that. I was thinking who is going to be brave enough to take him. Uh, maybe TNT, but, ooh, well, I, that's going to be interesting. You told me one of your predictions of what tnt may do and it honestly scared me and it made me say i may never watch a game if it were but, to come true but don't you can't you see it happening 100 i'm not going to say it because i don't want to give that group any light of day on my program but, uh yeah the the abbreviations are sc and they have a drink named after them that's all i'm going to say yeah, the 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 poop stool. They're, they're, they're yeah. that's what they are. They. I can't believe I was ever a fan of them. I, I'm so ashamed. And every, gosh, well, hold on. No, so here, did you hear this story? The Arizona. I heard it from a couple of odd sources. It's not like an official big story yet. Free, it's because to that point, Friedman hasn't really broken. At least hasn't broken into it. The Arizona Coyotes want to do a little bit of a rebrand next year. Mm. Not a huge one, but I guess, and I, as soon as I heard it and I, the words came out, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And someone's, and it was mentioned that they want to do something with Pink Whitney because who works for the Arizona Coyotes broadcast, Peyton? It is nasty. Paul Bichonette. Yep. 
and uh, it's uh, I don't know how he's doing on Twitter. I have blocked every single person that's affiliated with that organization. And you wonder, and it's if, you know, it's funny at that point back when I used to follow that group, I wondered why would Pat McAfee want to leave these guys? Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, love Pat. And Mac- I yeah. took a lot longer to do it than others, but uh, it was a huge yeah. source of my shame on that. But uh, boy, oh boy. Uh, yeah. yeah. Good luck, Arizona. You you do a lot of things well. Oh boy, and you're uh, a family. <laughs> soon, I and it's funny. I have a, a guy I've had on the show a couple of times. Louis Pinot writes for the Hockey Writers. Great guy, fun guy to talk to. That poor guy follows that. It, has, it covers for that team. I, I'm so I feel so mm. bad for him because the amount of stuff he probably had to take after that athletic article came out uh, during the season. Oh, now this po- possibly this. Obviously, nothing's official yet, but just all speculation at this point. But, as long as they keep the purple jersey, well, they may turn it. They may turn it pink, Peyton. <laughs> don't. Oh don't God! Them, oh no! Oh, that, oh, oh no! No! Oh, oh well, God! Well, no, that's it. That's just what just came to my head. Like, oh my gosh, they're gonna turn that jersey pink. Oh no! The uh, Arizona Whitney's. Uh, stop it right now! I will. <laughs> oh my lord! Ray Whitney's. Ah yes, there you go. Hey, uh, he was a hero during that 2012 playoff run. Ray yeah, Whitney, shut the, up, the Wizard. Oh, trust me, that that I. It should have been Pekka versus Quick in the conference final. It should have been. Yet, somehow Mike Smith's like, I'm a goaltender too. Oh, and the referees would call off every Preds goal too. Intent to blow was a huge phrase from that series. Really? I don't remember them ever blowing a whistle early against the Predators. What are you talking about? Oh, you know. uh, I missed a call and effing penalty on them. and. Tim Peel. Gosh, Tim Peel. What a legend. What a legend. He got brought up on the chat last night as well. But, man, games. I still remember at the bar, game six, I'm like, Nashville's got this. We're going to overtime. And, uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. well, and I'll be, no offense, Peyton, going back to PP&G, Nashville is not going to win that game. I'm sorry. They were going to. No. It'd, it'd be interesting, but it wasn't going to happen. No. When they got the doors blown off them in game five that was that was pretty much it it was going to be the well i was going to say like how oh, edmonton lost in 06 edmonton great run to game seven they were not winning in pnc arena in game seven and 06 not a chance that crowd was and i remember it now was louder and that's no offense to the preds no offense to the folks down in smashville pete weber love you man I tell you right now that P- that arena in Game Seven made me realize, oh, they actually care about hockey down there in Carolina. No, I I agree with you. I think the I, I talked about uh, Carolina and Washington a couple of years ago. That I thought that was the best playoff crowd I've ever seen. So um, that's you know the Edmonton and Carolina series from that year was right after I became a fan, and you know that kind of stuff kept me a fan. Yeah, for sure. That was man, that was so exciting. Oh five oh six, what a great season. That's why I just almost wonder, I'm like, man, it sucks that Carolina and Nashville are in the same division this year because, man, back in – had Nashville – had 2018 Nashville, had Carolina came on one year earlier. And let's be honest, I thought Nashville – I don't know if Nashville would have beaten Vegas in the conference finals, but going into game seven, was pulling for Winnipeg, so thought Winnipeg, this could be oh. their chance, but that game seven in – because it was wasn't it was in Nashville, right? Game seven that it's year. Pekka Rene's finest hour. <laughs> Gosh, that game was well. What was better, his finest hour? That or the was it the twenty sixteen playoffs where he lost his lid against San Jose? 
I went to game six of that series. That is an Arvidsson overtime winner. Uh, thank God they didn't go as deep into the night as Mike Fisher a few games before because I had worked the next day. I got home at 3 a.m. But anyway, um, they forced game seven. I did not watch a single second of game seven. Uh, I napped the whole game, and I just had a feeling that the, it was not going to go well. Game sevens are having dealt with three between Toronto and Boston. At this point, if, they, if, oh. this, if this Toronto-Montreal series goes seven, I'm going to watch it, but I'm going to watch it with two, two, four cases next to me because I know that I'm not going to want to make it through the night because it's just, it. like I said, scarred Leafs fan. Scarred, scared, you just got to remove a letter to be between the two differences. We have been chatting here with Peyton Turnage, free agent play-by-play broadcaster. Can't stress that enough because of some people at a certain university that we only talked about a couple times here on this program. Peyton, hire thank me. Hi, hire Peyton. It's, it's funny. I say free agent broadcaster. I'm like, I'm technically a free agent too. I'm not really, I don't really work for anyone in particular, but Peyton was actually there. He was there at the NCAA level. He deserves to stay there. Right, Peyton? Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Whatever level, as long as just pay me, we'll figure it out. $6,000 a game. This is right. He told me before the show. Uh, we, <laughs> I don't, I don't think even Kenny Albert makes that much per game. <laughs> he probably, he probably makes a grand, uh, but not 6,000. Pretty close. Well, I think someone told me Doc Emmerich made a million dollars a season. Oh, I believe that a season. Yeah, I believe it. 100%. Yeah. Doc, Kenny, maybe. Well, well, you heard, um, last thing here before we go off, you heard Marv Alberts retiring, right? Mm-hmm. Man. Yes. It's so funny because Marv is always the best. Marv actually did a couple hockey games. He actually did the the famous 1991 All-Star mm-hmm. game, the the super loud Chicago stadium. He actually called that game for NBC Sports. Yeah. And then he's like, hey, hey, I can't I can't do a Marv impression. Hey, Kenny, go do, go do the game. Go do hockey. It's fun. Hey, Kenny, it's it's your time. <laughs> Gosh, the Alberts. That was have, more of a Kenny impression. But. That's more of a Kenny. You have a very solid Kenny impression. I will say that from what I from what I've Kenny heard. Out. Downstairs, the Pierre McGuire. Here on NBC Sports Network. The one, Sp- one last thing, real quick. Is it awkward the banter between Pierre McGuire and John Forslund? John like, Forslund wants to kill him. Yeah, <laughs> John Forslund. He, he hates it. He hates his he, job. He's oh Pierre. John Forsland has the patience, like, because think of it, the last two playoffs he's had to work. Mike Milbury last year, Pierre this year. That man could, uh, listen, he was, he's doing his best job being Switzerland during World War II. The patience he has with everybody around him to not do anything stupid is impressive. And I'm so, and I hope they, I don't know who they're going to pair him up with in Seattle, but boy, I hope it's a good guy because he deserves, he deserves a good guy. And it, it's a bummer he didn't go to Carol and didn't stick with Carolina. But as we've learned, Tommy Dundon uh, is a little thrifty sometimes. Uh, but that's mm. not here nor there. But, Chuck Caton. Sorry, buddy. Yeah, no, it's, man. John Forslund and, uh, of course, good buddy Everett Fitzhugh doing the radio. Seattle's got a good broadcast team going there into their first season. So uh, we're that is it for this quick hits edition of the Cule Show here with Peyton Turnage being my sort of co-host today. I don't know what you want to call it. He was there for the whole hour even though he's been on my show before for long periods of time. Member of the Five Timers Club, Peyton Turnage. Ten-timer, baby. Is it? Oh, gosh. It's got to be. It's close. I, I've once... The only reason why I kept count for Harrison and Thomas because I needed him to stay intact for that big trivia battle that we had last offseason. But now once everyone hits five, it's like, I had Five Timers Club, and that's it. Now, I, how many you ever hit after that? 
I'm pretty sure you got ten, Peyton, because we really ran. We gotta do a uh, we gotta do like a Jeopardy style tournament between me and Thomas and Harrison. Harrison. Oh yeah, I man, I gotta, I gotta I should text him. I haven't seen talked to him in a while. I think since I think him and I probably talked once. Actually, Harrison, the last time we did talk was after uh, he because I texted him when I found out about the U18 job when I was offered it because I was only gonna be supposed to be doing color. I'm like, I texted him like sent him the screenshot. I'm like, is this worth it? And he's like, yeah, I'd do it. Perfect. All right. Thanks, Harrison. So there's text me always doing. He lives in town. Jeez, and we could probably go out. I, I kept telling him that whenever him, whenever things opened up, I'd take him and his girlfriend and the wife and I would take him to dinner down here. Uh, Got to reach out. Are to you vaccinated? Oh, we're vaccinated. Go. Well, well Har- Harrison, I think Casey, well, Harrison I know is. I Well, of course, the wife is. She's a nurse. I got vaccinated. Yeah. Felt like garbage after the second one. I think Casey yep. is. Should be. Me too. But hey, man, vaccination. It sucks for maybe a day and a half. Almost wrecked my voice going. Like I literally had a wrecked voice going into the U18s. <laughs> Thank God for honey in your tea and a little bit of honey in your whiskey. Does the trick. Just don't drink a lot of whiskey before a game. It's not a good idea. Nobody likes uh, uh, Harry Carey on the air. <laughs> yeah, it does not work with hockey. Oh, man. You can do it in baseball because you're talking slow. Uh, just got an update. Also, Pittsburgh up one nothing early in the first period against the Islanders. That game just underway as well. So right now, Florida's up two nothing. Pittsburgh up on the aisle in the aisle. I'm Tyler Kuehl, the inside. Sydney Crosby. Sidney Crosby. Who would have thought he would have scored for Peyton Turnage, the free agent play by broadcaster of a certain team that we don't talk about anymore on this program because we're going to put that hatchet in the ground, put the hatchet off to the side. I'm the insider of the insiders, Tyler Kuehl, saying so long. We'll see you next time on The Kuehl Show.